Hello, my friends. Welcome once again to our discussion for your PMP exam about mindset. And as usual, over the past number of days, we've been going in on Agile, talking about the Agile mindset, Agile philosophies that are going to help you as you prepare for the exam. But not just the philosophies, it's really about exercising your mental muscle for how to deal with problems of an agile nature. Because I know lots of you have got experience with predictive problems and projects, but we're really focusing more on the agile ones. So today, our very first agile problem that we're going to address is inaccurate estimation. Why does this happen and what can we do about it? Well, it's very obvious. Since we're in the world of Agile, there are going to be tasks, scope of work that is generally new, probably never been done before. And when that happens, you're going to have estimating issues. You're going to have circumstances where you estimate a particular size, but the story ends up being either far more or some instances far less. So how do you get around the problem of inaccurate estimations? Well, let's first of all discuss how estimates are done in the world of Agile. Remember, here we don't deal with the time factor the same way we do in traditional. In traditional, we have a tendency to look at duration in addition to looking at effort. But the concept of duration, or I should say the need for duration in an agile setting goes away because we're working within a finite time box right from the get-go. We already know that if we're working in a sprint, then we are given the duration of the sprint to complete the work. So the question of The duration is implicit, it's off the table. What we could be thinking about is effort, but not the same way we do in traditional. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When we think about effort, we're making a rough approximation of relative effort. You've got to remember that the sizing of stories that we do in Agile is really just to find a relative size. So what is the size of story A in relation to story B? Not in relation to some other initiative or other project stories. It's in relation to the stories in your backlog. So do keep that in mind. So when we take a look at estimating in this world of Agile, we're looking at story points. And story points are an abstract measure. It's a unit that takes into consideration relative complexity, relative size, the effort, and other things could be considered. But that's really what we're looking at at a high level. 
So when we use story points, there are going to be some instances where we are so far off what we thought the size would be. And the reason for that is the stories may need to be broken down into finer detail. We've got to reduce the story by splitting stories into smaller pieces. Like if we have a big chunk of functionality known as an epic, that needs to be decomposed. When you decompose that, for example, you could get features. When you break each feature down, what you're going to get is clusters of stories. Because a feature is a cluster of stories grouped together for release. Because it makes sense in terms of the functionality and the value to release the story in that way. Or to package the stories to be released in that way. So that's what features are. Okay, so we want to reduce whatever that backlog item is, whatever the story is. We want to break it down into smaller pieces. We want to work with the entire team. And we could also consider having spikes to better understand the story. What do we mean by spikes? A spike is an insertion of either risk events, or I should say risk actions, or an insertion of some type of research to enable a story be done. Because we want to better understand the story. We want to do any sort of research that is going to help us achieve that. So that's one of the things that we could do to get better in our estimating. And that is just one of the problems. But I'm hoping that as I'm talking about this, it is expanding your PMP muscle in the world of Agile to get better and better in how you answer questions. Let's move on to our next one. The next one, a problem that we could encounter in the world of Agile is the team having a misunderstanding of work assignments. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply or work progress. In other words, not understanding what the work is about. Not understanding why the team is working on what they're working. So the unclear areas could be the why, the what, the when, the where, the how of the work. So how do we deal with this when we have unclear work assignments or work progress. Well, first of all, we got to remember that teamwork makes a dream work. And in the world of Agile, you're not alone. We talk about courage in the world of Scrum. Courage to not only do the right thing, but to do the difficult work. To pick that difficult task, to pick that difficult story, and to get it done. So, 
when we're facing an obstacle such as this, not being clear, it is important that the team understands that they're working together, not in isolation. In order to remove this bottleneck, we need to understand where the team is in terms of how they see themselves. Does the team understand that they are meant to be self-organizing, self-led, self-managed? If they don't understand that yet, we need to do some work on getting them to understand that. And not just to say it, but to actually create the environment that they need to be in that zone of autonomy. You know, the Agile Manifesto says, give the team the environment and support they need. Trust them to get the job done. So that needs to be our mindset. Okay. So we need to help them to self-manage their work. If they are a young team and they are feeling unable to effectively manage their work, as a scrum master, you can help them uh, see how it can be done. Show them tools of the trade, methods, practices from an agile lens that will help them. Also consider the use of storyboards or Kanban boards, if you will, to make the work more visible, to make the work and the process and the flow more explicit. Also leverage the power of the daily stand-up meeting, also known as a daily scrum. By doing that, the team will be held accountable. They will also be able to better synergize. So I always recommend for teams to use their daily scrum as a synergy session. Synergize, bounce off each other's progress, Use it as a planning meeting to plan what you as an individual will do and collectively what you will do. The other thing that we do in this world of Agile is we walk the board. Walking the board means instead of asking the three questions, you know, robotically, what did you do yesterday? What are you going to do today? Are there any impediments in your way? Instead of doing that robotically, we also want to look at the option of walking the board. And walking the board just means the team members gather around the Kanban board and those individuals that who have items closest to being done, they go first, they speak about the item, they give some background on the item, but most importantly, they make it very clear what is preventing that item from being done. Why is that item stuck? If it is stuck, or why has that item not gone, gone to done? Or what needs to be done? to get the item to done. It depends on the age and the progression of the items in the queue. Lots of variables. But these are things that can help team members who are working with a limited clarity, limited understanding of vision of what the work is. Okay, And it's a major thing that we find in teams, especially when we're working in the realm of uncertainty with technology, remember the Stacy model, right? Uncertainty in terms of requirements or in terms of scope. And I mean, we could draw out this Stacy model in a variety of ways, not just looking at the technical uncertainty and the requirements uncertainty, but we could talk about uncertainty 
as it relates to many other pieces of the project. Because every project has uncertain elements to some degree. The question is, how uncertain are they? There might be a very small margin, very small margin of uncertainty, or there might be a very large margin of uncertainty. And it's really up to the project manager and the team to understand that uncertainty and deal with it accordingly. But if you're dealing with a lot of uncertainty, you want to be agile in your approach. Right? The more uncertain you are in scope and requirements, the more uncertain the schedule is likely to be. The more uncertain the schedule and the scope are, the more uncertain the elements of cost and resources will be as well. So when you look at your PMP exam, my friends, just keep these things in mind. Again, the purpose of this discussion is not to ask you a bunch of questions, but instead it's to get you to think at that optimum level for your PMP exam success. I hope this was of help to you. You take care, my friends, and I'll speak to you very soon. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe and share. Bye for now.